For a long time, the homosexual lifestyle has been made out to be this insurmountable mountain that really people just can't get out of it. And so today we're going to talk about people with same-sex attraction, that the Bible has a message of hope for you. And then Christians, because there is this message of hope for people with same-sex attraction, there is reason and really a method to evangelize. So that's what we're talking about today. Let's get into it. Welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi, and I'm the pastor to men and single adults at First Baptist O'Fallon. And uh, we have not just a guest today, we have some big news, because Bryson is our student pastor and does an awesome job here. But Bryson, you are joining us permanently. Permanently, as Permanent. long as I'm invited. As the co-host of Faith in Real Life. So no more invitations. You've heard it here first. I am now a co-host of Faith in Real Life. So somebody thought I was not doing a good enough job and that I needed you. That was not me. I didn't say that. Oh, yeah. I, I made the call. That's yes, right. Yes, you made the call. Okay. All right. So maybe it's just, maybe I think you're awesome. Thank you. No, that's probably not it. No, it, no, it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't. Hey, but I am glad to have you. So um, what are some things, like I've had you on before. You've talked mm -hmm. about student ministry and some things that God's doing uh, there. What's, what's maybe the biggest way he's moved lately in student ministry here at First Baptist O'Fallon? Whew, uh, I don't even know how I could fully get into that, but I will just say um, whether you're a part of First Baptist O'Fallon or not, like um, just like God is just really moving in our student ministry. Like mm -hmm. there's really a sense of like revival. Um, and I used to think revival was something that was like back in the 60s and the 70s. Like it was just like this, you know, the good old days of mm -hmm. Christianity type thing. But I feel like it's really true and present for, for people today, for students especially. Like I think COVID has just really made them more secure in their faith, really appreciate um, like what they have and desire to follow Jesus fully. So it's just been really cool just to see God move in our student ministry. Amen. That's awesome. And it's, uh, you know, you've talked about this a little bit, and I think it's right on that this is kind of a time where people really are resetting, mm -hmm. kind of evaluating life, and maybe they honestly have some downtime or maybe some other things that um, have occupied a lot of their time, have been stripped away. Mm -hmm. And so it's an opportunity where a person could really just lend this to focusing on God yep, and their absolutely. growth. So so anyway, that's been encouraging as a fellow pastor yeah. to kind of see with Yeah, it's been awesome to be a students. part of it. Well, um, so you're joining us in uh, in kind of a, a interesting uh, series because yes. we're talking about same-sex attraction in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so last week we talked about the goal that Christians should have towards individuals who have same-sex attraction. And of course that goal is uh, we want to love them. We want to mm -hmm. um, point them to God. Um, I've been talking about the book Gay Girl, Good God, which um, just a really awesome book. Right. Recommend it to anybody. Which I recommended uh, to you. You did. Credit That's true. Do, so. That's true. You did recommend that to me. I forgot that. Um, but but really, um, kind of her point in that, if you think about the title, Gay Girl, Good God, mm -hmm. is that we don't often, as Christians, let people know that God is good, right. that we often just are so focused on the rules aspect of Christianity, um, and we don't often let people know He is a good God. Mm -hmm. He is for people. Mm -hmm. And so just really thinking about that goal um, of, of Christians to love and to, um, to seek people out mm -hmm. with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that was last week, and this week and the next week we're continuing that discussion on same-sex attraction. And this week, as I said in the introduction, is 
we're really talking about this insurmountable mountain that this topic has been made out to be that it's it's this thing that's just an impossible mountain to climb that um, it's almost like these two two worldviews mm-hmm. um, there's just no way no way for Christianity to reach out to people who have same-sex attraction yeah. attraction so what are some of I want to kind of get into these questions what are some of the expectations surrounding this topic that has made it feel so insurmountable yeah you know one thing I think of um, when I just think of you know, the LGBTQ community and Christianity is, you know, I think there's this perspective or perception um, that probably is true to some degree that I think churches and Christians have become more known for what they're against than what they're for, mm. right? I think, and I think the LGBTQ community really has taken the brunt of that, that Christians and churches really make it known that they are against homosexuality, they are against same-sex attraction and gay marriage and all these things. And that's not to say it's biblical, but that's not to also say that 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 we're not showing that community what are we really for. Mm. Like we're for the gospel, we're for people, we're for salvation, we're for right things that um, we want to see set changed and transformed in their life as well. So yeah, just that's you know I, I wrote it down this way. I just wanted to read it. Like you know, there's that phrase you know, hate the sin, love the sinner, mm-hmm. and I think Christians want to practice that, but until it comes to homosexuality. And then they want to hate the sin, hate the sinner. Right. So they almost, the the homosexual community almost becomes kind of a target of the ire of Christians. Mm-hmm. That we that we almost kind of focus on them in in only a negative way. Right. Um, whereas you know we're we're Bible believers, so we're gonna say yes, sin is sin, mm-hmm. absolutely. But God loves them, mm-hmm. and and so we're we're not as we oftentimes don't focus on that. So again, the question is. Um, expectations surrounding this topic that make it feel so insurmountable. And so I mentioned that um, I've been reading, or I've, I've recently read that book, um, Gay Girl, Good God by Jackie Hill Perry. And so she has a section in there that talks about the heterosexual gospel. Mm-hmm. And so she has this, I'm going to read a few quotes. She says, um, Christianity is not a call to heterosexual marriage. It's a call to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so she lists four reasons to avoid this heterosexual gospel, which is oftentimes what we do. We kind of make person a person feel like, well, everything else about you is fine mm. except for your homosexuality. If you just fix that, then automatically you'd be saved. Right. Um, and so she says, uh, one, we are more... So this is four reasons to mm-hmm. avoid the heterosexual gospel. One, we are more than our sexuality. Two, marriage is not the pinnacle of the Christian faith. Three, singleness is not a curse. Mm -hmm. We have to present singleness as an option and provide community. And then four, she says, evangelism is is about God. Our sexuality is not our soul. Marriage is not heaven. And singleness is not hell. Mm. So then she goes on to talk about um, what she felt like as Mm -hmm. she was going through it. And she said, Christianity meant choosing heterosexuality. And so that's one reason it feels so insurmountable as a person feels like, to choose God, I'm choosing heterosexuality. And she says this, but God was telling her to choose him, mm-hmm. not sexuality. Yeah. So not just choose to get away from uh, this desire, but specifically saying choose him, who, as she would say, is a good God. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says God began laying on her heart that he is life, but to choose to not choose him is to choose death. And God would not have her going on for the rest of her life believing that lesser forms of love were the real thing. It yeah. was not only her sexuality that fell short of the glory of God, 
but our whole being needs yeah. Him mm-hmm. and His salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's kind of the first thing I would say is, um, as we're talking about what makes it fo- feel so insurmountable, is that we act like if a person just puts aside their sexual sins, mm-hmm. then they're saved. Right. When in reality, our whole being needs His redemption. Yeah, our that, whole being good, needs... Man. His uh, salvation. So what else you got on this one? Yeah, one thing just as I was thinking about as you were talking is, you know, thinking about the perspective of someone who struggles with same-sex attraction or is, you know, um, identifies as a homosexual, lives that lifestyle, whatever. There's this mindset in the church that somehow heterosexual sin is less, like, sinful than homosexual sin, mm. right? Like, the same people who are who are, who are are outraged about gay marriage are watching pornography, mm. right? And and just because it's heterosexual sin doesn't actually make it better. Um, you know, we believe that sin is sin. Now, sin has different consequences, right, on earth. It plays itself out differently. It looks different, but yeah. it's, sin is still sin. Jesus paid for the heterosexual sin just as much as he paid for the homosexual sin. Mm. Amen. So, um, and I, I kind of wanted to get to a, a Bible passage on this because uh, I had that same point as I was mm-hmm. going through thinking about um, this topic, um, and I, I have this thought that we often act like same-sex attraction is a unique sin that is mm. somehow um, more sinful and less redeemable than other sinful yeah, but desires. It's not, yeah. But it's not. And so that's what I wanted to point to in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. It says, Don't you know that unrighteousness... Or that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom. Don't be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. Now, anytime I see a list like this in mm-hmm. Scripture, I know that there's also other lists, right. and it's not meant to say this is the exhaustive list of sins, and yet I bet if most people looked on this list, in some way they're on there. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about what won't inherit the kingdom of God, it is people who identify as any of these, mm-hmm. right? If that is my identity, if my identity is not Christ, then then I'm not inheriting eternal life. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, is is a homosexual sin on there? Absolutely. And so is idolatry. Anybody ever have an idolatrous heart right. nowadays? And so just that thought that you kind of started with is that we act like it's different. Mm-hmm. We act like heterosexual sins or even things that aren't sexual. Right. Man, those are still sins. Right. The sins yeah, that aren't absolutely. have nothing to do with sexuality are still sins, and so we're all on that list. Mm-hmm. We're we're all there. Um, homosexuality is not a unique sin, yeah, but it's made to feel insurmountable right. because of that. Like right. it's just totally different. Yeah. Right, do you have anything else to add on that? Yeah, I would just say, you know, just speaking to Christians for just a second. You know, I I used to lead a college life group, not here at this church, but um, taught a group of college age guys, and um, there was a guy in my group who just kind of was open and told me in confidence that he had struggled with same-sex mm. attraction. He struggled with, with you know, per, wanting to pursue homosexuality but wanting to pursue Christ at the same time. And uh, he had confided in some other guys too. And, and instead of coming alongside of him and supporting him, they pushed him away. Mm. And they said things like, you make me feel uncomfortable. We don't really want you in our life group. And it just really broke my heart. And um, you know, and, and I, he's not living for Jesus today. He's not in church mm. today. Um, he's in an active homosexual relationship today. And, and so just as a word, like, you know, we talk about the insurmountableness, but also realize that there's a responsibility that we as Christians have to 
bring people, to bring sinners, no matter what their struggles are, into a faith community, right, where they're at. Um, not saying, you know, kind of like to what she was talking about in her book, the goal isn't heterosexuality, it's holiness. Hmm. Like, let's point people to Jesus. Let's show them that he is the way, right, the truth and the life. And and, and ultimately, you know, that that's, we, we believe, like, no one else comes to the Father but through God. Um, and But ultimately, like, let them work out those things. Like, hmm. let them work out their salvation. Let them work through these struggles. And so... Um, I, that would just be probably the only word I would also share to that. And that's a good example because if that guy had come to the group and said like he had had uh, desires to look at pornography, right? Whereas we see they, they would have welcomed him with open arms and yeah. embraced him, started an accountability group, and, and said probably texted him and supported him, all those kind of that's stuff. That's right, and yeah. probably said, "Hey, we do too." Right? You know, yeah. I mean, just statistically, yeah. in, in groups, there's other people that mm-hmm. likely have that. And yet, if I look at First Corinthians six, verse nine through eleven, is a homosexual sin on there? Yes. But so right. is sexually immoral people. Right. And so if we think of the word that's used in the King James, the mm-hmm. uh, fornication, it's pornea is the right. Greek. And so pornea, right. it's we pretty, get pornography pretty from. clear yeah. what word comes from that. Right. And so we, we again, treat it like it's a different sin. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we start seeing that all sinful desires are against God and things that we need to choose God over those things, then it kind of develops an even playing field. Mm. And so if it feels insurmountable, the distance between a homosexual lifestyle and a lifestyle of Christ-likeness feels insurmountable. Right. Well, so is every other one on that list without Christ. Right. If we don't have Christ, every single one of those, other people don't want to give up their sexual sins except for Christ. Right. Absolutely. All right, so then I want to ask you this as well. Yep. Um, what are some truths surrounding same-sex attraction that can help this conversation? What could help a Christian feel more ready to evangelize or someone with same-sex attraction feel like there is reason for hope? Yeah, no, that's good, man. So here's what I would say, short, sweet, to the point. We're all sinners, and we all need Jesus. Mm. You know, Romans uh, Romans 3.23 talks about, right, that we all fall short of God's sin, right? Mm. We're all sinners. Um, in need of a savior. What I think is so interesting is a lot of times when we talk about homosexuality, people like to jump to the Romans chapter one mm-hmm. passage, and they really hark on that. And then you get to Romans chapter three, right? Just two ver- or two chapters later, mm-hmm. and it says we've all sinned. And it's like they they forget that the homosexuality is underneath that umbrella as yeah. well. When it comes to evangelism, um, when it comes to showing someone. Um, or, or yeah, showing someone like what it means to be a Christ follower, sharing the gospel with them. Um, man, I think you have to really have a lot of patience, grace, understanding, and compassion. Mm. Uh, I think that's true of anybody, but especially when we realize that that homosexuality is a deeply rooted, what we would believe is a, kind of an identity issue, right? Um, a sexual sin in their life where um, Satan has really gotten a hold of their, their heart of their mind and their identity mm. and and so helping people realize and see that you can have identity in your sin right we can all we all do that we absolutely um, could yeah but it's having an identity in christ that's mm. more important and again back to what jackie hill perry said which if you've never read that book seriously gay girl good god's phenomenal mm-hmm. um pretty much anything by jackie hill perry is is mind-blowing such a powerful testimony such a powerful testimony mm-hmm. such a just powerful messages that and just um, words that she speaks so so poetic also in her mm-hmm. uh, her writing but anyway back to the whole point too often when we do evangelism again it's it's this idea for homosexuals 
um, you have to become here, right? You have to get to heterosexuality, and then you can meet Jesus. And it's like, no, Jesus meets them where they're at. Right. Jesus meets them in, in, in their deepest, darkest sins, right? And that's true of everybody. But again, like you said, we've we've sectioned off homosexuality. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the only sin where we really say you have to get right, and then you can come to God. Yep. And the Bible teaches, no, God meets them where they're at. He met you, when you where you were at when you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Right. And so I think we just have to be gracious, compassionate. We have to see people where they're at, not where we think that they should be. Right. And uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit next week because... Um, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to jump ahead. No, no, you're good. I think that's a good precursor to it because if we're having this conversation, why it feels so insurmountable is because there is almost that expectation of, of well, I, how could a person get rid of those homosexual desires, right? right? How, how could they just, do they need to shut that off right. before they can become a Christian? Mm-hmm. And so that's a little bit what we're going to talk about next week is is the really the pathway to freedom, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but you're right on in thinking about uh, Romans 1, since you mentioned that. Uh, I always kind of talk about the book of Romans like this, that it's the Roman argument of salvation. Mm-hmm. And so you have chapter 1 that t- says not just homosexuality is a sin, but it's included there. But right. it, it really is an indictment on the Gentiles, saying mm-hmm. the Gentiles are a sinner. Chapter 2 is an indictment on the religious people, mm-hmm. the Jewish people of the day, that they're sinners too. And right. so you get to chapter 3, the culmination right. verse there, 323, yeah. everybody's a sinner. And that's why it's important. You can't just pick out one or two verses, right? Yeah. You need to understand the context of Scripture. You need to know what was said before, what's said mm-hmm. after. That's why you got to read your Bible. You can't just Google search a verse all the time. And I hope people hear the... the Nothing wrong with Googling verses. I do it. <laughs> that's but true. But you can't just say, here's the one point I want to make, so here's a Google verse for it. Right, so I, I hope people are hearing that with this topic because are we saying that homosexuality is not a sin? Of course not. Right. It's very clearly a sin in right. Scripture. What we're saying is, so are the things that right. we do that make us right. sinners. My and, sexual sin struggles are just as much sin as homosexual sin struggles. Right, and, and whatever other sin you want to add on there it's it's a sin and so when we categorize it differently we make it impossible for someone to come to Christ because we say no 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 anyone with those desires you have to get rid of those desires before you come to Christ that's a good way of saying it's almost like Christians have put up barriers for certain people struggling with certain things. Yeah. And then there's other people that the road is just wide open. There's no barriers. But right. why, why would we put barriers in place that would prevent people from coming to know Jesus Christ? Right. Because, as you said, God's going to deal with their sin. Right. Now, they need to re- be repentant of it. Absolutely. We need to recognize Absolutely. our sin. But that's um, kind of on the other side of it, you know. So coming to Christ, I need to repent of my sins. But that doesn't mean that all of a sudden those desires are going to just be completely eradicated, mm-hmm. right? If, if someone dealt with anger issues, maybe God miraculously just in that sure. moment takes those desires yeah. away. But the typical person, if they're struggling with anger, mm-hmm. they're probably going to have those impulses afterward. Right. It, it's then an obedience thing, saying, mm-hmm. I've surrendered that to you. You're my master. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I don't want to get yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. We'll Sorry. talk about that more next week. <laughs> but, um, but what I want to say is this. So again, the question was... Um, what are some truths surrounding same-sex attraction that can help this conversation? Mm-hmm. What could provide, if you're a Christian, to feel like you can evangelize, or if you're someone of same-sex attraction, a reason for hope? Well, I want to look back at 1 Corinthians 6, and I'm going to read uh, one more verse now. So I'm going to start with uh, chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, 
adulterers, or males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, Mm -hmm. drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. So just thinking about that list before I read the uh, the next verse, sexually immoral, idolaters, we talk about idolatry as anything that you put on the seat, the the throne seat of your heart other than God. Um, Adulterers, well, Jesus said if you've committed lust, Mm -hmm. then you've committed adultery already. all of us right there. Right? (laughs) Um, Then there is males who have sex with males, so a Mm -hmm. homosexuality one. Thieves, Mm -hmm. greedy people. Anybody ever been greedy? Drunkards? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Verbally abusive. Have you ever been verbally abusive to someone? Um, And so on. So it says, will not inherit God's kingdom. So then you say, well, if I am identified by any of those, and again, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's an exhaustive list. I think we could go anywhere else in Scripture that has a list or mm-hmm. name sin and says, if that's your identity, mm-hmm. then you will not inherit God's kingdom. Yeah. But then verse 11 comes. It says, and some of you used to be like this, but you were washed, mm-hmm. you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's good. So what washes us? What justifies us? Is it that we preach the heterosexual gospel and all of a sudden someone was washed and they never had those desires again? Mm-hmm. No, it was a sinner repented of their sin mm-hmm. and and probably is still going to have struggles and have mm-hmm. to right. have to walk work to walk the Christ-like life. Yeah. But what they don't work for is their salvation. Right. That salvation came through it says you are Washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So what I would say to someone out there who is struggling with homosexuality is that heterosexuality is not their greatest need. Mm-hmm. Their greatest need is Christ because yeah. no matter Amen. where where they are on this list mm-hmm. of things from Scripture, right. Christ is your greatest yeah. need. We're all sinners. We all need Jesus. Amen. And so that's the, the is same-sex attraction a sinful desire? Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. But it's not unique. Right. Absolutely. Right. When we treat it as unique, like other sins are somehow less deserving of condemnation and therefore more redeemable, yeah. then we skew the gospel. Absolutely. We make it a gospel for us, mm-hmm. not for you. Whew. Oh, that's good. And it's not. That'll preach right there, just the whole thing. <laughs> you just say that one thing and we're like, we're good. So, identity, to sum this up, right. identity comes from God. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, next week we are going to talk about the pathway to freedom. Um, if if a person's listening and uh, or watching and they struggle with same-sex attraction, that Scripture hasn't left them without help. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the risk we run is we say, you're saved by Christ, and then a person almost feels like, well, now I'm faking Christianity because right. I believed it, but I, I feel this flesh still. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that, a pathway to kind of freedom. So tune in next week to hear our discussion on that. And then uh, if... You're not some. There's Christians out there, mm-hmm. right, who are listening and saying, "Well, I don't struggle with that, um, so maybe I'll tune out." But really, it's it's a thing for them to hear because not only yeah. will it be helpful for them to hear, but the principles we're going to talk yeah. about, kind of like we said today, yep. that it, homosexuality is not a unique sin. Right. This applies to all of it us. It applies right to them. So, and I think we need, as I said back, Christians we need we need that compassionate heart. We need to think about not just people who who look like us, act like us, struggle like us. But people who who don't do those things as well, we need to think about them. How can we reach them with the gospel? Amen. So I hope people listening will tune in next week. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, Look through that passage. And you know what I would say? If you get nothing else, read 1 Corinthians 6, 
verse 11, mm-hmm. and just know that your identity comes from Christ. I, I'm a believer that the Bible says more important things than I will ever say. Yeah, and so read that. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you're in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, then we'd love for you to stop by, visit our church services, small groups. You can do that in person or online, and you can find out more details about anything happening in our church at fbcofallon.org, and we will see you next time. Oh, 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 oh